0: A radio show that confesses Christ
1: without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously
2: without taking ourselves so seriously.
1: You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification.
0: is a daily drowning of the flesh and a, and a daily rising again. Of the new man to life, uh, and that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and and forgives our sins, and and, and by that the new man rises daily to life.
2: The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins.
0: It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. What is that Facebook quote page? i got to get that active here. i got to <laughs> remind our Facebook fans gonna... how they used to... Pull You're to quotes quote yourself. You. <laughs> this is my favorite quote when I said. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, okay. I never can remember my the good stuff that I say. I was listening to the show. It was an accident, the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, I said something. How did I even think to say that? I don't even know. <laughs>
2: I'm really <a> brilliant.
0: <laughs> That's what I thought.
2: <laughs> Drive around listening to your own sermons all the time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't. Do it. Wow. That sermon was great. Boy, you really hit me at the law and the
0: gospel there. Self. <laughs> It's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's kind of weird that you just I don't just it's like I go into a mind warp. Don't remember anything. Probably like our listeners. Thank goodness. I'm in a warp right now.
2: <clears throat> oh well, in uh today's edition of Table Talk Radio, we're playing a couple of new games that I think um need need help in the naming department still. Everything so needs help. We ne- <laughs> yeah, the show needs help uh but, so we're looking for uh, three names right now number one we're looking for our bible's a name for our bible study segment bible study segment game number two our new game study, we're playing not game our, our new game we're playing today um which I'm calling for the for the time being christian radio heresy buzzer. <laughs>
0: I like that name, Krish. I like the really long names so that you know what it's about. Kind of like that's Christian by the of, way, if any movie makers are out there, that's how I like the names of my movies to be. Like, snakes on a plane. I wonder what that's about. See, you don't need to. You don't even need to read what the movie's about because you see it. Uh, and then we're Guy playing. Gets murdered by wife. That's like every movie on the. What's that channel? <laughs> Lifetime channel. <laughs> Lifetime is death time channel. Have I ranted about that lately? No. Christian radio heresy game, heresy buzzer game.
2: Um, and then, uh, you were trying to think of a good name for this one, but this is so what? How this uh, last game is going to work is we're gonna, um, have a have a particular thing to argue about. So like, uh, I'll I'll just give away the first one, Pastor Wolfmiller. Um, oh, yeah, good. Uh, marriage between Let's a one man and one woman. And marriage. now, each uh, each contestant has to argue this differently. One contestant argue this from, argues this from a biblical perspective, and the other person has to make this argument um, using kind of a natural law or, or a secular argument uh, for the same thing.
0: So, however you want to call that game. What do you want to call that game, Pastor? Bible and secular. Bible and public square. Public square... In the public square without the Bible, but then also having the Bible. <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> game. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I don't so know. that
2: that sounds good. So listener, we need if you have an idea for either oh, three of those segments. Team.
0: This is like a, it's like a Jeru- As- Athens and Jerusalem tag team, something like that. That's hey, awful. that's pretty good. That's awful. Yeah. What do Athens well, and Jerusalem have did, to do with each why other? Why don't you tell everything our, in this
2: game? Why don't you tell our listeners so what number they can call if they have an idea for a, a name? 1 800 429 Solo. No. Sola. No.
0: Sorry, 429 Sola. 1 uh, 800 385 Sola. That's. 1 800 429 Sola. I missed it. Say it again. 385. 385. Maybe I should Sola. write that down at some point. <laughs> hey, one you're... day we'll be at our 385th show. Then we can celebrate. <laughs> For now. So I shouldn't expect you getting hey, the phone number. You send number me an until... email. Turn your phones off. Good thing I'm checking my email <laughs> while we're doing the show.
2: Yeah, big surprise. Shock.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, let me turn my phone off. If I had done, you were going to read it on the air, I would have just told you. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Thanks for keeping that discreet. Okay, so.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, buzzword. Christian radio heresy buzz... Oh, yeah, buzzwords. My buzzword for you is sufficiency, which is one of the attributes of the scripture often forgot by me which means that the Bible has just all that we need in it for our salvation. Amen. Sufficiency.
2: Good. Opposed to... (laughs) <laughs> insufficiency. The, the insufficiency of the So which, which church bodies uh, teach, the as an attribute just, of Holy Scripture, the emphasis? Infus- just
0: <laughs> name a church body. I mean, like this, for example, the Pope would teach the insufficiency of Scripture. Yeah, but I'm just saying, that it,
2: they don't have this listed out. Okay, what are the attributes of Holy Scripture? Okay, first is the
0: insufficiency. You don't even make it obvious. They don't also say the unclarity of Scripture, or the un. <laughs> <laughs> sola of Scripture, the unaloneness, the togetherness of Scripture. I think church bodies need to be um, a little bit more
2: forthcoming in the in the doctrines they don't believe.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so too. There's okay. Petition.
2: My theological buzzword for you is impute. And uh, the plain old Dictionary has uh, two definitions for impute. Number one, represent uh, as being done, caused, or possessed by someone, attribute. Number two, assign a value to something by inference from the value of the products or possesses uh, to which it contributes. So um, th- we use this that uh, that we have the imputed righteousness of God. Uh, so that um, righteousness, we are righteous, not a righteousness of our own. It's a righteousness that is outside of us. Um, it is Christ's righteousness, and it is imputed. It is given. We are covered. Um, by by His righteousness. So, impute is your theological buzzword.
0: Got it. That'll be easy. Okay, now it's time. You know, time. impute and input are very close to one another. Hmm? Yeah. Good. I might say input.
2: <laughs> okay, so the way the Christian radio heresy buzzer works is that, and I used to do this, and I, th- we, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Um, that I'd, I'd be flipping through the radio stations and, and come to a, some Christian radio show or a preacher on on the air. And uh, I would listen as long uh, as he is teaching orthodoxy. And as soon as he f- slips into false doctrine, I would change it. <laughs> and so yes. uh, sometimes, you know, preachers get to go, you know, four or five minutes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> imagine, imagine that. <laughs> sometimes they don't make it even 30 seconds. <laughs> so I thought this would be <laughs> a little fun game for us to play. So uh, what we're going to do is we're gonna I'm just going to flip on the radio here. I'm going to try and find a, a station. And uh, we'll we'll put a two minute max. If they can make it two minutes to the end without getting buzzed out uh, for heresy, then I guess they get they get 200 Table Talk Radio points, and we'll be sure to
0: s- s- send them a letter. A note, <laughs> Congratulations, you passed the. Her- you, we, we we really need to send a note to the people that don't pass. Just want you to know that you got to uh, 32 got seconds. We're <laughs> yeah. we gonna do this like mystery science theater where we can talk over it while they're sure, talking. Sure, sure. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. You Are you ready? So you should we yeah. turn on the yeah. radio? When I was. What do you mean? Am I? I'm born ready. Okay.
2: Let me let me turn on this radio here.
0: Nice. Very Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, <laughs> and she who was said to be that? barren oh, is that's in the angel's voice. Month. Why does the angel sound so feminine? With
3: God. <laughs> Nothing is impossible with God. You see, God keeps his word, even when he has to perform a miracle to get it done. Here's another Old Testament prophecy regarding the coming of Jesus. Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. Again, Micah was written the same time as Isaiah, 700 years before the birth of Christ. And Micah writes this, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah... Out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Now, fast forward 700 years to that time when Mary got the prophecy or the announcement from the angel. Where was she? Where was she living at that time? Uh, She was in Nazareth, right? Very good. And so Jesus is going to be born in Nazareth. Not Bethlehem. Unless you're God. Hmm. And you have determined your son be born in the line of King David who was born in Bethlehem. And you begin to work in the heart of the ruler to make sure that Joseph and Mary get to Bethlehem. Constantine. Yeah, so far Luke so good. Yeah. Chapter two?
4: In those days,
3: Caesar Whoa. Augustus
4: issued a decree that a census should be taken. Of the entire Roman world, this was the first census that took it place. It when you're
2: reading scripture. That, that'll Right, rest. Was you can't just getting buzzed on that. And
4: everyone went to his own town to register. So <laughs> Joseph also <laughs> went up to from buzz. the town of Nazareth in <laughs> Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, yeah, I have the a town of David, now that I think of it. Let me because of he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there. All right,
2: that's about two minutes. So, th- there's some good things there. Huh? Nice work. So yeah. I, I like that what he said. Christmas sermon. That, that the Lord keeps His word even He has to perform a, a miracle to do it.
0: Yep, true enough. Yeah. All right. So, hey, um, though, this game isn't much fun if they get if they're Orthodox. <laughs> <and all>. Sorry. <laughs> Try to pick a more heretical station.
2: Oh, okay. I'll see what I can do. Well, I'll do that after this next commercial break. Oh. And uh, and then we'll continue playing the Christian Radio Heresy Buzzer, or in this case, the Christian Radio Orthodox two-minute segment. <laughs> That's
0: a great game. I don't know why you want another game. <laughs> All
2: right. More Table Talk Radio after this break, and then we're going to play some uh, Double Argument Public Square games.
1: That's also a great name. I don't know what your problem is. Table Talk Radio. It's incredible how well our good looks translate to radio. (laughs) (laughs) That's truth right there. (laughs) And
2: getting to your emails in this break, right, Pastor Wolfender? What's our first email?
0: Oh, I thought you were ready.
2: Oh, okay, (laughs) I got it. Uh, this Good. is from Brandon. He says, uh, Dear Pastors, last time I was home I picked up a copy of the Book of Concord and have been thoroughly enjoying reading it. I'm coming out of Evangeloism uh, Love it. <laughs> it is Love so it. <laughs> refreshing to have something firm to grab uh, hold of and say, I believe this. This is how we understand Scripture.
0: Um, There's always room for Evangelism. Anyway,
2: uh, very different compared to the polluted river that is the American church constantly shifting and changing directions. On to my question. The Book of Concord has many parts to it. I understand the need for a small catechism and a large catechism uh, to expand on it. But why the others? It seems they repeat the same articles. Uh, Is there a reason why these have not been combined together into a single document? Thanks a bunch. Keep up the (laughs) meteoric... Mediotic? Mediotic? Mediotic. Mediotic. Hey. (laughs) Mediotic? Wait a minute.
0: (laughs) Hold on. uh, Wait. (laughs) If we knew how to read, I think that'd be an insult. This is uh, Brandon in Indonesia. Thank you, Brandon. (laughs) Our Indonesian listeners. I wonder if that's really close to Indianapolis. (laughs) I think so.
2: That's just east a little ways from there, I think.
0: Now there's a lot of, uh, I mean, you know, being in Fort Wayne, there's a lot of... um, You know, there's a lot of Lutherans over there in Indonesia. (laughs) I think what we need is a quick-start guide to the Book of Concord. I'm going to write this down, C-O-R-D, with my typer. Uh, Now, here, Brandon, is the reason, maybe to answer your question. Number one, there is a book in which all of these uh, articles of the Book of Concord are combined in, um, in, uh, in, in, what's it called, Uh, not chronological, but... According to the topic, it is called, I'm pulling it off the shelf here, The Lutheran Confessions, a Harmony and Resource Book. Uh, this was put together by, I don't know, probably CPH in the 70s or something. Even, oh, published by the Evangelical Lutheran Synod, 1979. I found it online for like 30 bucks because I thought it was way out of print and then found out that you can buy the soft cover for like five bucks somewhere. So anyhow, what that the thing does exists. though is
2: it takes it takes all of them and just puts it in chronological order. So you still have the repetition; just they're just together rather than.
0: Right. That's right. In, okay. But the reason why the Book of Concord is like it is is because it's ten unique documents bound together so you you have the the first three creeds the apostles nicene and athanasian creed those and those are written in the ancient ancient church so the nicene creed was 325 uh, expanded in 380 then added on to a little bit a couple centuries later the apostles creed kind of creeps up around the year 400 but it had been around for a long time before that the athanasian creed also the end of the fourth century and, and those three creeds were uh, in the early church combating heresy, and those get published in the beginning. And then the last seven documents of the Book of Concord were the Lutheran documents, beginning with the, um, uh, with the Augsburg Confession in 1530 and ending with the formula of Concord in 1577, where the Lutherans uh, had specific tasks at hand, and they were addressing these tasks theologically. So, Emperor Charles V says, Hey, what do you guys, what do you Lutherans believe, anyways? Because this is really a pain, because I'm trying not to get walloped by the Turks. (laughs) So, they got to Augsburg and they set the emperor down and said, Here's what we believe, Augsburg Confession. Then the Catholics refuted it, so the Lutherans wrote a response, Melanchthon did especially, and you have the apology of the Augsburg Confession. Luther and some of the other pastors visited around and found that the conditions in the churches were horrendous. So they wrote the uh, small and the large catechisms for training tools in the churches so that people would know the basics of human, or of, of Christian doctrine. The small called articles was written because the pope had said he was going to have a council, and, uh, and uh, they were going to have, a, and what, Turgau. And so Luther wrote the small called articles in preparation for that council. And because the people at small called didn't say, think it said enough about the pope, Melanchthon wrote an appendix on the power and primacy of the pope. And then, after Luther died, all these different disputes broke out, and so a bunch of guys, Andreas and Chemnitz and a handful of the others, got together and said, here's the problems that we're facing, Uh, here's what some people say, here's what other people say, here's what the scriptures say, and what our confessions have already said. That's uh, 1577, the formula of Concord. And all these ten documents were put together in 1580 as the Lutheran confessions. Hey, world here's what we think the Bible says about those things that really matter, law and gospel, the truth, the life in the Church, etc.
2: And the reason, I mean, it is true that they address a lot of the same issues, um, but over time, in, the, in that span of 50 years, um, though we were many were starting to confess what the Lutherans taught, uh, still new false teachings about those teachings were rising up. So now there's a further clarity that needs to be made. And those are addressed later, like in the in the formula. Uh, so uh, I think it's good to have them all there. We need them all there. Um, uh, but but some of these other resources that kind of tie them
0: all together is good too. And the book of Concord is always better than you think it's going to be. So take a read. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We I'll are be right listening. back to my Ferris Bueller days. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we are listening to the local uh, Christian stations to find out what uh, Christian teaching is going on and, uh, and so And I am far... now,
0: after the break, buzzer equipped. Yeah.
2: Oh. <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> you are ready. I'm gonna use this on you if you say something wrong. Uh, Pastor Wolfner is a Sultry. brilliant, uh, smart guy that. Uh, just buzz me if I'm saying anything wrong. He, he, oh, yeah. he forgot good looking. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think that was it. <laughs> You're just so generous.
0: Oh, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> this is buzzing yourself. Oh, because we have matching
2: buzz noises. <laughs> Alas. Why did you
0: buzz yourself
2: on that? <laughs> okay, so it's time to for another round of this Christian radio heresy buzzer. And uh, let's see if we find another station.
3: in your heart and in your home and something good will come from this and what refuse to plant the, the seeds life. of rage and anger what? in another person.
0: Plant the and seeds of do rage that, and anger? If you influence? make that
3: decision, if you follow God's path that now is the time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious what? behavior, then these I children talking about so I could and these them. brave adults will not have died
0: in vain. Wait, 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 wait! wait, wait. Oh, that move. is easy for us to. <laughs> okay, what did you hear? Uh, uh, did he just say that if we, if we would put out the seeds of, not have the seeds of rage and hate ourselves, then the, the children would not have died in this uh, shooting, the shooting tragedy last week.
2: I think so. Yeah. So, so oh, that uh, if we learn from this, then they won't, won't have died in vain.
0: Oh, yeesh. that's terrible you know i you know here's this um this this shooting thing in connecticut is an absolute disaster i i now i'm having a little bit of trouble processing it because it seems i I don't know if how this is up there but this seems a little bit far away because the last shooting that we had this last summer was like 20 feet from us you know Mm -hmm. i mean just right down the street uh and that was horrible and um And kind of going through it. And this seems further away, although by all kind of objective accounts, this is even, I mean, it's much more horrific with these children. It's just Mm -hmm. even hard to imagine, Mm -hmm. just hard to imagine. But I don't know if we, we have a, we have, there's some sort of trouble there where we just can't let an evil thing be an evil thing, you know? Like, I mean, everyone tries to take this and then use it for something. It's uh, you know If you're a lib, you use it for your gun control ideas. If you're a uh, conservative, you know, if you're a preacher, you use it for like this guy did. So now it's got to, you in know, some sort of way, it's got to manipulate us into behaving better or something like uh-huh. this. And it's, it's just very, I guess it's human nature. It's very difficult for us to just let this thing be a horrible, tragic thing. But yeah, that's what we
2: it is. we we want to get in there and say this is how we fix it. But I mean, this is the thing. I mean, we we can't. I mean, evil is evil. Mm-hmm. You know, wickedness uh will continue to uh to do wicked things on innocent people. I mean, that's that's what that's what evil does. Right. And um if we were to remove, you know, any possibility for shooting rampages, wickedness will find another way to 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 have its ways on the innocent.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: But but that's we right. can't stand that thought, so we want to try to, um, you know, say this is this is how we're gonna fix it, or this is what's right. responsible.
0: Right. And I suspect we can do, you know, do we can do what we can to sure sure yeah to I'm make this saying, world a yeah. freer and better place, uh, both. But it's um. Yeah. But it's tough when you take this—I tra- mean, for the these poor families that are mourning, that, you know, that what's going to happen out of this is you're going to have— I mean, half these families will start these new kind of non-profit organizations to do whatever you know, because of this tragedy, and you just—you feel really bad for, for people. But I don't know, one of these theologians that you like to read, Oswald Bayer or someone like this, would say that man is always on a quest for justification either they'll be justified by God or they'll be justified by themselves. And so these tragedies turn into all this this opportunity for self-justification, which is which is making something tragic and make and turning it into something even tragicer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: Just laughing at your made-up word. Tragicker? <laughs> Tragedy-ish? Yeah. No, that, you're right though. <clears throat> well, what else do you think is on the radio? Should we see what else is out there? Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay,
1: um...
3: sure. What does that sound like? A
0: Scientology movie.
3: Um, in the, um, these Xbox and computer games and things like this, mm-hmm. I'm watching my own grandchildren, um, some of my uh, in-laws, Allowing uh, my precious grandchildren to play um, games that are written by people who are glorifying murder, and and the Lord says, the Bible says, "Thou shalt not murder," and um, True that. And what,
4: also. What, what's our, happening? Yeah, you're right. What's happening with our. The movies, the TV shows, and these video games. Is this guy has Sandy, a Southern Baptist is, accent. Again. <laughs> you know they're the not accent? Not exonerating yeah, I people get it from you. From individual responsibility <laughs> right. for their actions. We should never do that. However, uh, the, all these things I just mentioned, you just mentioned, they're getting more violent. He has an opportunity to make a good point here. In the violence that they're exploiting. Uh, if you can and connect this to the conscience. And so. I do think that that's, you think that's he's gonna serving get there? as a a conditioning no. effect. Oh, psychologists, secular psychologists will say, sure. t- will tell you sure. this. I mean, this isn't something that's just a Christian. Uh, does does do do violent video games cause the shooting? No, but they do have a conditioning impact on already unstable or already troubled people. Yes, or to accept violence uh To not being able to distinguish between real life and yes and video games right. or or but I just think that uh that's, it's a part of the picture it's, it, and the link has been established i i said, i don't have an american Psycho- psychological association american psychiatry association they will tell you that this violence that so permeates our 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 entertainment media and such is having a uh,
2: okay that's two minutes.
0: Oh, hey, they made it again. You should, uh, <coughs> excuse me, call and tell them. You'd never hear that on a professional Christian radio station. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I wish they were... I hope, they, they I hope were,
2: nobody's uh, playing this game with our show with uh, radio professionalism. Clear, just throw, <laughs> uh,
0: What are you uh, talking about? <laughs> uh,
3: <bleh. laughs>
0: That's how I'm going to say, uh from now on. <laughs> So, uh, what they're doing here, (laughs) that'd be great if I could actually remember to do that. At least we know no no one's going to be listening when we get into our next game. Yeah, that's true. When we fall on our, when I hear faces on the wall of the Athens and Jerusalem tag team in the public square game. You like that? (laughs) No. Now, these guys had a great opportunity to talk about the conscience. They talked about conditioning, and that is probably closest as they can get to the conscience. But we have this conscience, this internal uh, thingy bob, that tells us if what we're doing is good or bad. That's the conscience. That's the job it has. And uh, your conscience is afloat. You know, it's changing, like the temperature. So sometimes your conscience is being softened, and most of the time it's being hardened by the devil and the world and the flesh, pushing you towards a hardened conscience. Now... Uh, I think it's true that uh, video games have the potential to harden your conscience. Um, I wonder, by the way, I you know I grew up playing video games, Mario Kart and things like that. <laughs> Those violent Probably ones. why I, I go around and <laughs> jump on every mushroom I see. That's why you're throwing shells at other cars. Okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> Trying to spit fireballs on the radio. <laughs> and it would sound like, the, instead of sounding... <laughs> the fireball goes... Bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> That's how my fireball sounds. Anywho, uh, the... Uh, I w- I was watching my kids play this game called Minecraft. Have you heard of this thing? Mm-mm. It, uh, it Minecraft, and they're doing all the, they're building all these houses and everything. I'm like, look, you guys just built a whole city on the computer, but you don't want to clean your room. <laughs> 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 That's weird. I mean, how come you know? I you go and farm all day on the Facebook Farmville. Supposedly, I never uh, got quite into Farmville. But then you you know, it's it's like pulling teeth to go out in the garden and pull weeds. Isn't that weird? That's weird. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, so I do think that we have to tend to our conscience and that there's a potential for video games and other media to harden our conscience. This certainly can happen uh, with the Sixth Commandment and and that kind of media, six uh, adulterous media, it hardens your conscience towards the Sixth Commandment. You see violent stuff and it hardens your conscience towards the Fifth Commandment. Etc. So I do think that's something we got to look out for.
3: Hmm.
0: Give attention to the conscience. So I don't know. Right. <laughs> okay. What you disagree? Uh, he disagrees, ladies and gentlemen. Well, he grew up playing 007 on the Xbox. You're, <laughs> I know, I had the Golden Pistol. We got a different <laughs> generation of gamers here. Yeah.
2: See, hey, I, I played
0: know. Metroid. So how shocked I was when I won the game, and the alien guy took off his helmet and there was a woman. I don't woman. even, I don't even know what that is. I played Zelda. That's like the Lord of the Rings before. Oh Zelda, uh, yeah, I remember game. that one. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, uh, we have a commercial break, so I will, I will say the only, the only thing I have with your little, your little thing there, the only problem I have with that. Whenever we get back from this break, and then we'll try and oh. make some arguments. Um, uh, we'll, we'll just, we'll just argue. It doesn't even matter what we're gonna argue about. We're just gonna argue. And, uh, <laughs> that'll be something to look forward to. And then, have you decided what we're studying in the last segment of the program yet? Yeah? Nope,
0: I'm on you. it. Alright, we'll be right back. Me, little, this song makes me angry.
1: Here we sit. We can do no other. Table Talk Radio.
2: Time for another email. Uh, Pastor Wolfman, what do you have next?
1: Dear
0: dear esteemed and illustrious hosts, another email gone awry.
2: Now, I think he meant to say singular host and referring to me, do you think?
0: (laughs) Anyway, go on. I'm always struck by the questions regarding age of accountability. We got a lot of email about the age of accountability thing. Wonder that people have when they learn that it's not found in the scripture. Many would be surprised to learn that it's an ancient legal doctrine developed to address the issue of children who commit crimes or civil or civil torts. Man, oh man, if I had a nickel for every tort I committed. <laughs> I reproduce here for that's my own uh Audition. I re- 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 reproduce here, for your benefit of your <laughs> listeners, Section 2 of Volume 4 of the 17th Century Commentaries of William Blackstone on the common law of England, which forms the basis for our American law system. I have this on my nightstand right now. I, I was just reading this the other day <laughs> for my devotions. <laughs> In Part 1, Blackstone discusses the capacity of infants to commit crimes. He gives a good summary of the development of the legal doctrine over time and the questions with which the law wrestled. I have highlighted some of the passages that, uh, under, uh, that inform our understanding of the age of accountability as used theologically. And now there's a massive quotation here. This is fantastic, Andrew. From this, you're going to put this up on the website. Yeah, we'll
2: put this on uh, tabletalkradio.org and put it under the articles tab before you check out.
0: So what does this mean? Blackstone demonstrates the age of accountability in law was a bit like pinning Jello or the medieval equivalent to the wall. That would be gruel. Gruelo. there's not a bright line line rule that we can point to that says that at all times and in all places that this age is what a child knows right from wrong and is treated like an adult member society. Instead, the sliding scale developed in civil law to deal with children, and we have agreed as a society to draw some lines. So uh, Andrew's saying here, Andrew in Franklin, Tennessee, our number one Tennessee listener, and then he says, Table Talk Radio listener number, question mark, question mark, question mark, which is... One question mark too many. (laughs) Perhaps two question marks too many. (laughs) Uh, He says uh, uh, that this uh, question of age of accountability rises out of our legal need to to treat some criminals as adults and others as children. And that's that's worked its way over into theology. Oh, it's amazing.
2: Yeah, thank you for this email. This is really helpful, and we will post it to the website, tabletechradio.org, for our listeners to check out.
0: This is an abridged summary. Keep up the excellent display of total depravity. Sincerely, Andrew. (laughs) You got it, Andrew. That's offensive. Back to the show. (laughs) Back to the show.
2: Okay, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. In this segment of the program, we're going to be uh, making some arguments, both biblical and in the public square. But first, I need to uh, respond to your uh, theory here that uh, media and video games um, uh, desensitize the conscience, uh, harden the conscience, Uh, which I think is true, first of all. I'll just say that. Um, But uh, I I don't know that I can agree that... um, Media has, can desensitize one's conscience to the point that they have no conscience to go into a school building and start shooting kids.
0: Yes, that's right.
2: I, I, I just, I, I don't think it has the ability to, to harden it that far. I think there has to be something else going on there.
0: Yeah, I suspect that's the case also. But yeah, I mean, the conscience is a mysterious. There's, a, it's a mysterious terrain. The conscience, so. But you're right there, and I'm—I don't know if excited, but I—I I think we need to be paying attention to this, uh, you know, when because we notice it when someone is now so far off the reservation that they do something just absolutely tragic. But it—it—it it, it takes something to get there. I mean, you gotta—you um, know, there's a whole sequence of events that led up to someone's conscience being being this rock solid cold because you're born with a conscience, so. There you go. Hmm. Okay, fair enough.
2: Now, uh, how we're going to play this next game is I'm going to tell you the argument, and then um, I, I guess do you want me to go first with the biblical argument, and then you can you can go in the public square with it. I think that would probably, probably be the right direction.
0: Yeah, yeah, that gives me a little time to think about what I'm <laughs> saying.
2: So the first one is uh, marriage between a man and a woman. So okay. the defense that it uh, should not be between a man and a man and a woman and a woman, or a man and multiple uh, women, uh, so, so on and so forth. And I think the, the the crystal clear passage to go to first here is Genesis chapter two. So so this is where uh, God has created Adam in the Garden of Eden, and uh, he goes forth naming uh, all the animals. And and God has not uh, found a a or Adam has not found a, a, a helper suitable. So then he creates Eve from from his rib. And uh, and uh, we have have also the sixth commandment that uh, you should um. You know, honor your, your, your spouse. Um, that you should uh, love love your spouse. So marriage marriage is an institution. Um, uh, there's an institution. word meaning, meaning that God instituted it for a purpose. And, and what is that purpose? Well, that um, a, a spouse would have a have a companion and, and a helper, and then also for the uh, uh, the bringing forth of children. Um, and so the Lord has given given it in to to one person in marriage. and and Jesus echoes this. you know in um, in the, all the synoptic gospels, uh, Jesus is, is questioned about the issue of divorce, and uh, he says the same that uh, you know God hates divorce and that uh, that no man should uh, take asunder what what God has joined together. So if God has joined these these two together, you should not uh, break that apart um nor then if if man can't take apart what God has put together nor can he add to it <laughs> uh so so I can marry, you know, 30 the uh, 30 women uh, yeah that kind of thing so that's i think probably the the key text so genesis you should probably
0: just worry about starting with one <laughs> Yeah <laughs> why why are you even bother <laughs> Can't marry thirty women. <laughs> well, that's, I never knew. That's what you were thinking over there. <laughs> okay, oh, so now,
2: man. what is the uh,
0: argument in the public square? Right now, this is uh, this is a uh, the reason why this argument is important is because when when Christians go out into the public square and say, hey, you know, things should be this way or that way, you know, uh, husband marriage should be a husband and a wife, one man, one woman and not any sort of other definition, people say, oh, that's just your religious opinion, and we have freedom of religion, so you can't impose your religious opinion on me. So the Christian needs to be able to make for our morality the natural law argument. And the natural law argument for marriage, I mean, there's a handful of ways to to do it, but probably the simplest thing is, is to say that, look, you can't have society unless you have people in it. And the way that you get people is by a man and a woman. Uh, being together. I mean, this is biologically how the thing happens. You have a mother and a father, and it and it also just so happens that the same way that you create people is the is the um, uh, is also the best way. And this has been kind of borne out in mm. in every sort of test and experiment and way of measuring these sorts of things that we have. The way that you make a child is also the best way to raise a child. That is with a with one man and one woman, with a father and a mother. So that the, the, the biological fact of how a child is born uh, makes then marriage or the family the, uh, of a man and a woman, um, it makes it the, the best and most foundational um, uh, thing, institution of society and of human dealing with each other. Now you 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 can't reduce it any further. In other words, a man by himself can't have a ch- child, and a woman by herself can't have a child. Nor can two men or two women, etc. Um, so, so that you can't you can't change that or reduce that or 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 mix that up. Okay. And also so also we see that if you expand more than that, for example, if a if a child has two moms or five dads or something like this, then also things start to go awry. Okay, so, so what, f- what
2: what you'll yep. commonly hear after the argument is made is, well, what about the couple who can't conceive? Are you saying that they shouldn't be married?
0: Uh, no, I'm not, so you don't go backwards like that. i mean we're we're kind of arguing from the ground up for these institutions of society. Now we see that sometimes these institutions are broken, for example, um, it could be that you have a that you have a man and a woman. And uh, the the man uh, dies in a car accident or gets cancer and dies, you know, leaving young children behind or is a soldier and is killed in in war or 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 something terrible happens to the the mom who dies in childbirth or something like this. So so that sort of thing can happen. Or, I mean, this we see tragedies, too, that that families are together and they and they um, for one reason or another crumble and there's divorce. Uh, but or or you see couples and they can't um, they can't have children um, and of course they wouldn't know that before they're married if they were chaste they would learn that only after trying and you see this great heartbreak and tragedy but the exception doesn't doesn't change the rule it actually proves the rule I mean that there's a husband and a wife that that can't conceive and have children doesn't say that they're not a family it in fact shows that they they themselves are, are put into this institution of family, and then for the, because of the tragic sin that we live in, they're not able to bring it to its fullness. Okay, you want another, another point of argument? Oh,
2: okay. Uh, the next one is euthanasia. Uh, and this is the idea that uh, so-and-so is suffering towards the end of life, and so it would be better than to, uh, or, you know, this is sometimes called physician-assisted uh, suicide, um, that uh, by the the use of um, you know medical aid that we would use these resources to end the life of the person, so to put them out of their suffering. And uh, this is especially an issue in states like my own uh, state of Oregon, where uh, uh, physician assisted suicide is a legal option. And I think the biblical argument is simply to look at the the fifth commandment, "Thou shall not murder," and you have to ask them the question, "What is Murder. Well, you know, murder is the ending of a of a human life. Well, this is pretty easy then. Is this a human life? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, it doesn't cease to be a human life because this person is is towards the end of life. It's still a human life, and for us to end it, um, is is a sin. Uh, God alone uh, gives and and takes takes life, and so it's it's reserved for him alone. Um, now what about the person suffering? Well. Uh, what has our Lord told us about suffering? Uh, what's that passage, Pastor Wolfman, where it says, um, if you don't like the cross I've given you, then uh, you can put it down and, and forget about it? it? Uh, it's a second
0: hesitation.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, no, so, see, the Lord gives us our crosses and our suffering, and, uh, and we, we endure our cross, we carry our cross because... Um,
3: oh,
0: oh, oh, sorry,
2: that's accident. <laughs> But wait a minute, what did I say? <laughs> okay, so I think that's a biblical argument. Uh, Pastor, you have one minute to begin a public square
0: argument. Whoa, well, so um, government uh, and the institutions of hum- humanity exist to protect life, not, not to end it. Uh, but the problem with this idea of euthanasia is that um, w- when you decide that someone can be euthanized, then you're making the decision th- that that their quality of life is not up to par and and you move life which is an objective sort of thing either you're alive or you're not alive into a subjective realm where quality of life is a very subjective thing and who's going to determine if that life is worth living or not so that you take the idea of life and you move it into the realm of the subjective which is the opposite of what uh, our government and social institutions ought to be doing we ought to be able to recognize life as a um as an absolute and protect it. Okay, well, that was good. In 45 seconds. Good
1: job. <laughs>
0: Pow! <laughs> All I'm right. I'm going so play this sound effect. I don't know what it is, but... Time's up. Ooh, that's- <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Time's up. Uh,
2: so tell us, uh, Pastor Wolfram, what are we going to be studying in our last segment of, of uh, Bible study?
0: Well, I was inspired when we were flipping around the stations earlier that the guy mentioned Micah chapter five. So, and that'd be good for Christmas. So we'll take a look at uh, Micah chapter five and the promise of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, and then and then the oft-not looked at promises that come after that promise. All right, <laughs> and I think that is
2: the Old Testament reading, at least in the three-year series for Advent four. So, oh, nice. Uh, well, that' would well, be you go. Uh, nice to look at right now. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. And we'll continue with the Bible study right after this. You in things, you don't
1: you yeah. Hey, you really are listening to Table Talk Radio.
0: Not me.
2: Not me. In the break portion of the show, we are now answering questions from our former Calvinists. So, back, uh,
0: <laughs> back to the email. Yeah, that's great. You that, like that? That's, that's exactly. I, what I mean. bet it, I don't think that sounds real good, but I bet it sounds great in the show. <laughs> this is from Emma. You want to read this one? Yeah, I got it here. Go ahead. Dear gentlemen of Table Talk Radio, that would be me and Lumpy. I'm currently listening to all of your shows in order. Lord have mercy. I just finished listening to show number 129, so this is really painful to think of how many shows we've done. My question might have been answered already. I want to write you anyhow, because I never would remember to write you if it happens. Uh, If it happens, you have not answered the question before. So... For past two years or so, I would have happily identified myself as a Calvinist, which is one of the rare sentences I've ever seen with happy and Calvinist at the same time.
2: Yeah, usually those willing to confess themselves as Calvinists are not happy in any way, shape, or form.
0: But However, during the last few months, I found myself agreeing more and more with Lutherans and less with Calvinists. That's because the best part of Calvin is the Lutheran part of him. One of those areas that I'm having trouble understanding is the sovereignty of God. One of my non-Calvinist Facebook friends, sorry Evan, posted that the Westboro Baptist Church has plans to pick at the funerals of the Connecticut shooting victims and praise God for his work and judgment. This is just oh rah, That makes me so angry. Uh, you know that Shirley Phelps Roper who you were, uh, um, interviewed? Mm-hmm. Remember that the other day? Yeah. How come she's so fantastically, ridiculously fundamentalist about everything except for women being preachers? <laughs> Anyhow.
2: Uh, well, <sighs> she's, she, I think she would say that she doesn't preach in the church. She's a prophetess.
0: Okay. Anyhow, back to the email. She said that uh, this is the logical conclusion of Calvinism and that their belief on the sovereignty of God. I can't help but think that she may be onto something which now just adds to my confusion. What's the role of the sovereignty of God in times of tragedy? I was hoping you'd be able to shine some light on the issue. Show's been a huge blessing and helped me to identify areas of calvinism that bugged me for a while I wasn't sure why. Never had a blog so I don't know if I'd be considered a real calvinist anyways. Thanks and God bless Emma.
2: Thanks Emma. Now You've I uh, I'll, I'll I'll maybe <laughs> Wait, swing at this I first. I said
0: you're welcome like I was Emma
2: you're welcome <laughs> uh, I speak in the Senate by the command of Emma um so i've I've uttered these words before so i I'll uh say what I what I meant by them I don't know what her friend meant but um I am not here saying that uh, all Calvinists should be picketing funerals I mean this is just awful and you know any Calvinist who doesn't do it. Uh, isn't being consistent to <laughs> or carrying Calvinism to its logical conclusion. Uh, that is far, far from what I think anyone would mean. But um, to say because this is this is the point of what they're doing when they when they go out and and uh, talk to people who uh, are not going to church, not going to Christians, uh, they not they don't claim to be Christians. They aren't there trying to compel them to get into the church. They're just saying to them, hey, God, God hates you you know and i think that part is a logical conclusion because uh look if if you're if you're elect by god to go to hell me there's nothing i can do about it there's no convincing you know now i i think our our calvinist friends um would would probably say hey look you know god still works through the gospel um uh, i don't know how
0: do you, do you think they would say that i don't know I don't know how. I mean, Calvinists, like I said, at some point, the Calvinist just has to eventually preach like a Lutheran. <laughs> that's probably what they do when they get in times of tragedy. In fact, you remember Peeper? He said, God be praised that every once in a while a Calvinist preacher has to go to a deathbed, and that's when they act like a Lutheran. Just bring the gospel. <laughs> I don't remember now, that. You know what I want to do? I want to pick at Westboro Baptist Church, and I want to have signs out there that says, Jesus died for Westboro Baptists. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Talk about being the most reprobate of all, believing that Jesus died for everyone. (laughs) Well, very good. So Emma's on to something.
2: Yeah, I think she is. You're going to do your little thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Back to the show. Am I ready now to exegete? <laughs> Good. Hey, I think what that... is that song? Boom, 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 boom. Hold on. I'm going to go exercise for a little bit now that I'm boom, boom, boom. Shake them into my bones. You done? <laughs> 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 I was going to say, I think that
2: uh, game we played last segment has some potential. The purpose of that game, by the way, is to show that there are biblical arguments for all these things, but. Uh, when we're in the public square, that we are able to articulate these things without quoting the Bible. So, um, because what happens is that uh, uh, we make an argument, and we say, look, the Bible says, and then someone says, oh, well, we're not interested in religion in the public square. We can't let uh, Christianity um, determine uh, what everybody else believes, so therefore your argument as a whole is invalid, so I think that the Bible, though we believe it's true and it provides good arguments. <laughs> how do I say that? This is the provide? It's the basis for what we believe and practice. Yes. yes. Um, but uh, in the public square, we we can articulate those without saying the Bible says or the Lord says.
0: Right. That's right. I mean, because the same God who wrote the Bible also built the universe. Yeah, so it would stand to reason, right? Right. So having the Ten Commandments is like having the cliff notes to natural law. Uh, you probably know all about Cliff Notes now. Someone told me about them once. I couldn't believe such a thing existed. I don't even know if they are. If you
2: is didn't it, read it's the something, book something in high you school. have when you're
0: hanging on the cliff or something is that? <laughs> it's a, uh, put down this book and grab the cliff with the other hand. <laughs> I, uh, you didn't read the whole book, and but you still want to talk intelligently about it, so you read the Cliff Notes. Well, oh, see, I wouldn't. Know you about don't. That. So the so Ten Commandments is like the cliff notes to natural law. It gets you to the end without having to do all the work. But we, the Church needs to be able to do all the work and say, hey, look, I'm against whatever kind of non-ethical thing that you're for, not because I'm a Christian, but because I'm a human being. Yeah. This, by the way, I think um, was the brilliance of one
2: of uh, Paul Ryan's um, answers in in the vice president debate, because he said that, hey, I do this because I'm a Catholic— but I also do it uh, because I'm. What do, what do you say? Um, because of science and reason. Um, talking about the issue of abortion. Uh, so, right. so he he was firm on saying, hey, this is what I believe. But even if you didn't believe this, you still have reason to uphold abortion. I think that was one of the best answers I've heard from the political realm um, on abortion. Because usually, th- this is the problem that all the the candidates got into when they would talk about uh, abortion, case of rape, and someone would say, well, you know. You know, God still has a wonderful thing planned in the in the case of rape. You know, the, these guys just get lamb blasted in the, in the media because oh, how can you say that God uh, supports rape, all this stuff? Um, right. Because these politicians can't, that they are unable uh, to take something that we believe from Holy Scripture, but to articulate it in the public square without saying the Bible says.
0: I think Paul Ryan looks suspiciously like Jonathan Fisk.
2: Suspiciously, you think it's a it's a conspiracy?
0: Yeah, where was Fisk during the
2: presidential campaign? I don't know. If you if, Hey Fisk, I know you're listening. If you can account for your whereabouts during that time. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on. Um so to the text. So, so here we are in in Micah chapter 5
0: verse 2. I got my Hebrew here, so I'll read in Hebrew and you just translate as I read. I'm I I'm against
2: the speaking of tongues.
0: Okay, I'll read I'll uh I'll just translate on the fly from my own Hebrew then.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what you're doing. <laughs>
0: Handy on radio. Good thing this isn't a, uh, you know. Oh, are it's we kinda, gonna do that someday, huh? I the, get, uh, do the live video of our show. Maybe that's Man, that's that soon, would that's be that's exciting.
2: COVID. We'll see. That's kind of okay. like uh, in seminary when you know some of the guys didn't know their languages, but they're in Bible, you know, in the class and they're supposed to be translating. And so they're 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 translating, and it just miraculously sounds exactly like the ESV, just <laughs> slower. That's how good they but, are.
0: Uh, you, uh, oh, Bethlehem. Okay. Here, I'm faster than that. Okay. Watch how fast I translate. Okay. But you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth for me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. Now, okay, there's so many things promised there. One, this is going back to the seed promise of Genesis 3.15, where the Lord gives... I mean, this is a foundational promise of the Old Testament. Your seed will crush his head. The promise, the birth of the child born to the woman without the help of a man, the seed of the woman, who would destroy the devil and his offspring, sin and death. It's beautiful stuff. Now... uh, This promise runs throughout all the Old Testament. So every time the seed promise comes up to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, David, etc., this is the same promise being reflected. And here it is again. This woman will give birth to the child, and he will be the ruler uh, of Israel. But then look what it says here. Whose goings forth are from of old, so that this Messiah will be born of a woman in Bethlehem. That's Christmas, you know. But the same one will have goings forth from of old. In other words, he will be born but he will be much much older than that. Hmm. Now how in the world <laughs> this is oh this is so great. How in the world can you both have a birthday and then be older than the day that you on which you were born? Answer. Pre-existence. You have two natures. <laughs> what did you say?
2: Pre-existence. Oh yeah.
0: That's right. You have you have a you have a human nature which is born and then you have a divine nature which is eternal, which is exactly I mean do you see that Micah is promising that the Messiah is going to be both god and man here? And then and then it says this and he will be great on the earth to the ends of the earth not just in Israel to the end so the i mean the promise that Micah and Isaiah you know they're kind of a team they're they're like a Micah's like Isaiah's associate prophet <laughs> or assistant prophet I don't know which you know associate pastor that's a hilarious <laughs> joke are you even paying attention yeah yeah go ahead uh, sure sure <laughs> yeah. what attention mm-hmm. what so uh uh they're here they're, they they oh, they they both have this great um uh, this promise of this Messiah who's going to come and do all this stuff is going to be born. Therefore, he shall give them up. God will give the people up until the time that she was in labor has been forth. Then the remnant of his brethren—that's Isaiah and Micah—they preach this remnant shall return to the children, and he shall stand and feed his flock. Now, th- that uh, to stand you have to first be down, so that he'll he'll be he'll be laid low, uh, which is a this is now I would say an illusion, but not a direct prophecy. Are you translating
2: death. that feed or shepherd?
0: uh i am translating it feed okay do you have shepherd yeah i do he will stand and feed or shepherd his flock nice image either way though i mean yeah so that this is a promise now of the resurrection and that jesus will be resurrected for the purpose of caring for his church Uh, to uh and, and now and this is so wonderful because remember how it is when Jesus and Peter on the shore of Galilee, and, and Peter's now betrayed Jesus three times, and, and Jesus goes to restore him. Do you love me, Peter? And you remember what Peter says to Jesus? No, you don't. Are you there still? When. At, <laughs> he said, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And then Jesus says, feed my sheep, tend my lambs, tend my sheep. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Oh, good, okay. Into John's you, Gospel. Yeah, John's Gospel. Are we playing Bible Bee? This is a picture of... God. I'm just adding points to my tally. I'm looking to see if you got the buzzword here. So that Jesus (laughs) now... Now I got a buzzword. I'm working it in. Are you ready for it? Yeah. You had your chance and I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) What were you doing? I know you weren't checking Facebook. Playing video games. (laughs) First person shooter games. That's what they call it. That's the lingo. go on. Go on jesus will be jesus will be raised he'll be resurrected and the purpose of his resurrection and his ascension is to care for us in the strength of the lord in the majesty of the name of the lord is god that's the scriptures uh the name of the lord god and they shall abide. That's us. This, so this promise here, I mean, this promise of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem is so much more than the location of where Jesus will be born. It tells us who Jesus is, that he'll die, that he'll be raised, and the very purpose of his ministry will be to care for his flock or his church uh, and to tend to us with his word. Which is completely sufficient. Wait, oh, that's my buzzword. <laughs> By which he imputes to us his own righteousness. <laughs> Boy, I
2: barely caught that. Oh, that was so good. I'll give you um, 17 points.
0: Whoa. All right, I'm writing it down here.
1: You Kay. see it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, this is good
0: stuff. What's next? Yeah, verse 5. Here's the last verse. How much time do we have, by the way? Two minutes. Whoa. Oh, well, this Wait, is fine. What, one and a half minutes. Here's verse 5. Micah 5 5. Is this part of your text? Mm-hmm. And this one, that's Jesus, shall be peace. So here, I mean, you know how it is in the time of Isaiah and Micah is that the Assyrians are coming down. And, you know, remember how the Rabshakeh stands on the wall and he says in Hebrew, hey, uh, you ought to tell all the people in there that pretty soon they're going to be eating all their own poo and everything. And because uh, the Assyrians are going to come wipe them out and the Lord sends his angel to kill 100 hundred thousand of them hundred and seventy thousand of them in one night but there's all this threat of war and violence and all this sort of thing and here micah and isaiah and all the prophets stand and say hey uh, if you want peace you're not going to find it in egypt you know running to egypt and finding an ally there you're not going to find it in this you know kind of goofy alliance with the syrians or whatever you're uh, against the assyrians you're going to find peace in the messiah you're going to find peace in the one who is dead and raised for your forgiveness. You're going to find peace huh, of all places. Like the angel said to the shepherd, peace on earth, goodwill towards men." That You're going to find peace wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Wrapped in g- grave clothes and lying in a tomb.
2: That's great. That's fantastic. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Good job. Um. So I close my video game here. All right.
3: All
2: right. So the final score is uh, 200 to 17, and uh, I'm the winner. So I got that Bible B in there. So all right. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio.
0: Where the points are like the hardening of your conscience that results
1: from playing We Fit. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time through Table Talk Radio.